Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News, episode 296 on Now You Know. We're brought to you by our amazing Patreon patrons. Help support us bring you independent news every week by heading over to patreon.com slash now you know. There's really cool things that you can sign up for and uh, perks that you can get, so check it out. And we're brought to you by bigbattery.com. No matter what you need to power, Big Battery can provide you with the latest battery tech at the best price per kilowatt hour guaranteed. Their batteries are easily installed, require zero maintenance, and they're made right here in the U.S. Pick up yours today at bigbattery.com and use the code now you know for 5% off at checkout. So we just released our in-depth last week called Rivian lied about the Rivian Yakima Skyrise tent and how we saved over a thousand dollars. It seems Rivian is saving some money too. Yeah, Rivian announced last week that they have signed a partnership with the state of Georgia and a bunch of counties in Georgia to move forward with Rivian's $5 billion, 20 million square foot factory project, which is going to be east of Atlanta. 20 million square feet? Giga Texas is only 10 million square feet. Sorry, the 20 million square feet includes the whole campus, including a test track and adventure trails, because if you're Rivian, you gotta have adventure trails, right? I mean, sure. Why do they say 20 million square feet? You usually measure land by acre, because acre is how much land a man and an ox could sow in a day. Right? And that makes sense. And everybody knows what an acre is because it's such an obvious and easy to understand thing. But when you say square feet, you're almost always talking about an indoor area. Yeah, it's a little misleading, I think. I mean, I think they want to seem bigger than they are. Yeah. Just say acre. It's confusing just like everybody else. And that's not the same as a hectare. Which is what you use if you want to confuse Americans because nobody knows what that is. It's a square kilometer. Oh, why not just say that? It's way it is way cooler to say hectare. And then when you spell it, everyone says hectare. And then they think it's an acre. They think it's six acres. <laughs> OK, so what is Rivian going to save by partnering with Georgia? So Rivian gets one point five billion dollars in incentives from the state and the counties, mainly tax incentives. Wow. Wow. OK, and so what's in it for Georgia? Well, Rivian says that they'll be creating 7,500 jobs by 2028 with an average salary of $56,000 and that they will invest $300 million over the next 25 years in local community pilot payments. So think like schools, police and fire departments. So does this mean that Rivian is still on track to start construction this summer? Well, according to the press release, yes. Uh, Rivian is still saying that they're on track to start production of the vehicles at the plant in 2024. And while we're on the topic of Rivian. Yeah, one of the nation's best nonprofit groups fighting climate change, Chesapeake Climate Action Network, just announced a raffle for, wait for it, a 2022 Rivian R1T pickup truck. The launch edition. We know many of you are dying to get your hands on this electric truck, but Rivian says you'll have to wait until 2024 if you try to order one now. Well, our friends at the Chesapeake Climate Action Network Action Fund went out and bought one for you instead. They have it in their garage and it can be yours for a raffle ticket price of just $200. Seriously, you get the keys immediately after the raffle. No other Rivian raffle or sweepstakes is out there that can make this claim. This is your chance. Uh, buy your tickets at evraffle.org. Yeah, that's evraffle.org. And if a Rivian isn't what you want, yeah. the raffle winner can choose a build-your-own Tesla instead worth up to $135,000. Wait, so you could get a Tesla Model S Plaid? With all the bells and whistles, 
this raffle is for you. So the raffle runs through the summer and the group is selling just 5,500 tickets. All the proceeds fund the nonprofit's work to promote clean energy nationwide. Again, buy your tickets at www.evraffle.org. Tickets are going really fast. And again, there's only 5,500 tickets. So your chances of winning are pretty good um, compared to most lotteries. Really good. Like really good. So yeah, head over to evraffle.org before it's too late. So Tesla hired Alexander Yatskov as a thermal engineer back in January to work on Tesla's Dojo neural net training supercomputer. Now, according to Bloomberg, Yatskov resigned on May 2nd and is now being sued by Tesla for stealing information about the Dojo program. Yeah, according to the lawsuit, Tesla says that Yatskov lied about his qualifications and almost immediately began downloading confidential and tightly guarded information related to the Dojo supercomputer project. Tesla even claims that Yatskov admitted to it when he was confronted about it, but then when he was asked to bring in his laptop with the stolen information, he instead brought in a dummy laptop that was set up to make it look like he only accessed, quote, inoffensive Tesla information like an offer letter. Tesla says, this is a case about illicit retention of trade secrets by an employee who, in his short time at Tesla, already demonstrated a track record of lying and then lying again by providing a dummy device to try and cover his tracks. Tesla is seeking compensatory and exemplary damages and an order that would stop Yatskov from disseminating its trade secrets and direct him to return all proprietary data. Now, I don't even know if that's possible to do. Once once you've got the data out there, like, how do you get it back? Uh, the government takes trade secrets very seriously. And uh, so stuff like this... FBI gets involved and... Well, uh, I know, but don't you think it's already in the hand? I mean, you just hit send and it's already in Russia or wherever he sent it to. I don't know. He did study at Moscow State University. Sure. So maybe he's a spy. <laughs> I mean, it's, this is corporate espionage. Yeah. Now, don't forget that Tesla is currently suing Rivian for stealing trade secrets related to its batteries. And Tesla has sued Xpeng for stealing Autopilot. And they won against Zooks for stealing proprietary information about logistics systems. I think this is one of the problems that Tesla has because it's such an amazing company that gives its employees all of this ability to do their own thing. That's great. It empowers employees. But at the same time, if you're going to empower someone, that means you trust them. And if you trust them, that means they can do things to hurt you. I mean, luckily, Tesla found out fairly quickly within a few months. But I mean, it only takes a minute to steal a lot of information. So that's kind of the trade off I think you get with Tesla, where other companies it probably would have taken years to gain the trust of the company. Here, he gained their trust like day one. I I mean, I don't think that this is as big a deal as we're making it out to be. Really? Yeah. I mean, it happens every day. It's no, just I that know, we but don't like, hear about it. Yeah, but if you steal something from Ford, what do you got? Like the placement of their new cup holder? Like here you've got Dojo. I don't think that they have everything. And I mean, we've seen it with Xpeng. Like, uh, you know, Xpeng tried to steal all their autopilot stuff back in whenever it was. Yeah, but and- I would argue they got immediately access to autopilot, which like other companies haven't even figured out how to do yet. Okay, but it doesn't matter. Tesla keeps trucking along and goes well past whatever you can steal. I guess. Next week is outdated and and stupid. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and then you have to bring it to a bunch of engineers at some company and go, look at this stuff that we stole from Tesla. And they have to then be able to decipher it and understand it. I'm not saying that this isn't bad. Mm -hmm. It's just I don't think that everyone getting worked up in a tizzy about it is is that valuable. I'm going to stay in a tizzy about it. Now, as we reported, Tesla had to halt production at Giga Shanghai back in late March due to COVID quarantines imposed by the Shanghai government. 
22 days later, on April 19th, Tesla was able to resume production at the factory by bringing back 8,000 employees in a closed loop where many employees slept in the factory to abide by a restricted movement in the city of Shanghai. Now, an internal Tesla memo obtained by Reuters reveals that Tesla plans to add more shifts beginning on May 16th with the goal of getting back to 2,600 vehicles per day. At that production run rate, Giga Shanghai would be back up to a yearly run rate of over 900,000 cars. So it looks like Tesla will have probably made about 100,000 less cars in Q2 because of the forced COVID shutdowns in Shanghai. It'll be interesting to see if increasing production at Giga Berlin and Texas can help offset any of this enough to have record-breaking Q2 numbers. So what do you think? Comment down below. And in more Giga Shanghai news, a letter that Tesla sent to Shanghai authorities on May 1st was obtained by Reuters. In the letter, Tesla thanked the Shanghai Lingang Special Area Authorities for their help in transporting more than 6,000 workers with buses and disinfecting so that the factory could reopen. In that letter, Tesla went on to say this. The company will build a new plant on nearby land in the same area, which is poised to add an annual capacity of 450,000 cars, including Model 3s and Model Ys, becoming the, quote, world's largest vehicle export hub. So if we take Tesla's existing production capacity of about 1 million cars per year, now add 450,000 more from a new Giga Shanghai expansion and 500,000 from both Berlin and Texas, we're probably looking at about 2.5 million vehicles produced annually in 2024. So, okay. So according to CNBC's David Faber, Elon Musk is expected to serve as Twitter's CEO for a few months after Elon completes his $44 billion takeover. And in an SEC filing last week, it was revealed that Elon is bringing in other investors worth over $7 billion to help finance the Twitter acquisition. Oracle's co-founder Larry Ellison, who also is a Tesla board member since 2018, is investing a billion dollars. Andreessen Horowitz, Sequoia Capital Fund, Vi Capital, and Binance are also investing. Why does Andreessen Horowitz sound familiar? Well, as we pointed out on the Elon's Tweets of the Week show last week, you can gain a lot of insights into what is going on in Elon's mind and his next moves if you follow his tweets closely like we do. So if you remember, Elon responded to a bunch of tweets by Mark Andreessen, the co-founder of Netscape, who is also the co-founder of the Andreessen Horowitz venture capital firm. Andreessen Horowitz is investing $400 million in Elon's new Twitter buyout. Oh, and by the way, Mark Andreessen is also on the board of Facebook. Hmm. Hmm. Doesn't that seem like a uh, conflict of interest? Facebook, Twitter now? Well, when you're talking about this much money, who cares? Now, where have I heard that before that Elon says that he'll be the temporary CEO of a company? Ah, well, he said it back in 2009 when he became the CEO of Tesla. That was supposed to be temporary until he found a replacement. But look, I do think he's probably going to have a CEO for Twitter lined up before long. I think Elon knows he can't take on the day-to-day role of a company leader for another new company if he wants to keep Tesla and SpaceX running at full steam, or should I say, at full charge. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he did put in place CEOs at the Boring Company and Neuralink and even Gwynne Shotwell as president of SpaceX, who she basically runs the show there. Mm -hmm. Now, currently, Giga Berlin sits on about three square kilometers or hectares. You got it. I'm keeping with it. Or 1.2 square miles. Oh, I wanted it in acres. Anyway, and now according to information from German media company RBB24, Tesla is looking to expand by buying another square kilometer of land. Or a hectare. (laughs) Directly to the east of Giga Berlin site between the RE1 railway and the L23 and L38 state roads. 
So what I have outlined here in red is about 1.7 square kilometers. So I don't think I have the boundaries exactly right, but it's probably close-ish. According to RBB24, Tesla plans to build a freight train station on this rail line and some storage areas. Yeah, the new land purchase is reportedly going to cost Tesla 13 million euros or about $13.7 million. If everything goes as planned, construction on the new property should start in the summer of 2023. So not sure if this is going to be kind of like at Giga Shanghai where they're going to expand production. That's my guess. Who knows? Comment down below what you think it's going to be. I think it, maybe it's just going to be a rail hub. Maybe because it's I mean, a lot of land for a rail hub. I know. I mean, but you're in the middle of Berlin. It's not like you're uh, on the coast like you are with most of their other factories. So, no, I mean, I agree there's going to be some storage there, but this is plenty of land to build like another factory. That's true. I mean, look, look at how far it, it is along. And yeah, you're right. While we're on the topic of Giga Berlin, another report from German media group RBB24 says the environmental group, the Green League. Now, you may remember they tried to keep Tesla from opening Giga Berlin. Mm -hmm. Well, they're now saying that they want Tesla's license revoked after a recent paint spill accident at Giga Berlin. Oh, my goodness. A paint spill accident? According to the report, translated from German, according to the State Environment Agency and the Lower Oder Spree Water Authority, 15,000 liters of a paint mixture leaked out in the Tesla paint shop on April 11th, which was pumped out by a disposal company. A day later, when loading, two or three liters ran onto the access road and were bound. The liquid is considered slightly hazardous to water. So did the paint get into any bodies of water or, or the groundwater? According to the state report, no. The Green League wants Tesla to shut down until they pave some areas around the paint shop to keep any future spills from getting into the aquifer. According to Electrek, Tesla's paint shop at Giga Berlin is the main production bottleneck at the moment. Now, let's just for some context, the Green League was basically trying any anything they could possibly do to shut Tesla down right. to prevent Tesla from opening. It's very hard for me here sitting in America to look over uh, at Germany and like completely understand all the politics. But from what I'm gathering, it's basically an environmental group that probably has some ties to some less mm -hmm. environmental stuff and uh they're going uh hey you want to shut down the tesla gigafactory plant it'd be really great for you know bmw and for daimler right and for the whole oil industry so i, mean, I think they should be renamed like the green bmw auto workers <laughs> league or something so tesla has added a new feature to the refreshed model s and x a motorized swivel function for the center display screen check this video out from larry lee the car you're seeing here was produced during the last week of April, according to Larry. So I'm guessing from, remember that teardown video from Sandy Monroe where he took his plaid, he tore it down, and we saw that his earlier refreshed Model S and Xs didn't have the motor, but it did have, like, they were like, this looks like it'll be able to swivel in the mm. future. I think they just weren't ready with, you know, either the motor or the software or something. So my guess is that the earlier refreshed models can be retrofitted probably by bringing it into the service center and having them add the motor. Otherwise, you can have a lot of angry early refresh buyers who are like, I didn't get the swivel function. It's really cool. Yeah. Can we just stop and talk about how cool that is? Yeah. There's not too many other cars that have anything close to this besides no. just your rear view mirrors. And so why do you need to swivel it to the passenger? Well, I think this is for when cars are fully autonomous. Okay. I think when cars are fully autonomous, you're going to be doing work or entertainment in your seat, not driving. And so, you know, it's like turn the screen to face me while I watch my movie or while I chat with friends. You may start to have to need a screen at every seat. It's true. And I mean, the, the refresh models have the tiny screen in the back, too. Right. So it's an interesting direction that they are 
swiveling to. My question is, I mean, this really sets apart the luxury versions now of the S and X from the 3 and the Y, mm-hmm. but will they be adding this functionality to the 3 and the Y in the future? I don't think that they need to. I mean, I have a Model 3, and I've never, I mean, I thought like, oh, wouldn't it be neat if it twiveled a little bit? But I don't need it. I've never been like, I can't see, right? I've always right. been able to see my screen. I, I've never needed it to swivel to me. And if but I But you had didn't to pick, need it in the S and X either. Yeah, but it's a luxury. You need something to it's differentiate. It's a differentiator. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it's fine, totally fine to have the Model 3 and Y be, you know, $500 cheaper because they don't have a swiveling screen. Right. I mean, I wish that the Model 3 and Y were cheaper anyway for mm-hmm. just so that people could buy them. Um, but at the moment, there's so much demand that there's really no reason to lower the price. Hey, and you know, YouTube has been acting really weird lately, not sharing our videos really much. So we'd really appreciate it if you'd hit that like button if you're enjoying our work. Thank you so much. So as you may know, Jesse and I have placed our order for the Ford F-150 Lightning pickup truck. We think electric pickup trucks are going to be a big deal and we wanna share with you everything that we learn, um, like we are with our Rivian R1T. Now Ford started deliveries of the F-150 Lightning last week and it seems that they under-promised and over-delivered, which is is always nice to hear. Yeah, last May, Ford said that these would be the stats for the Lightning Standard range. And this is what customers have been reporting. This is really nice. You get more horsepower, over 200 pounds more payload capacity. Yeah, by the way, that's 475 pounds more payload capacity than our Rivian R1T, by the way. And what about the extended range like we're getting? Again, a bit more horsepower and 235 pounds more payload. Also announced... All 2022 Ford F-150 Lightnings will come with Ford's Intelligent Range software, which is a cloud-connected data system that compares your truck's energy use against a multitude of sources and accurately updates estimated range in real time. Data includes Ford trucks that have towed on similar roads and or with similar sized trailers, along with traffic speed, ambient temperature, climate control, and owner's driving habits. And I think this is really good because what we've seen so far in the R1T is that you switch it to tow mode and it just kind of divides your range by two which isn't accurate. Um, Now, I don't know if they're going to update that software, but right now it's very non-helpful. It's true. I mean, it's it's hard to be able to input something valuable in there because a trailer can be anything from like a nice looking airstream to like a flatbed with like a you know excavator on it and okay it's like, but why not just ask why not just say what's the weight and what style and then it could at least have a more accurate profile no that's a really good point one of the big features that the ford f-150 lightning offers is the ability to not only charge at home but to power your home in a blackout situation we reported on Ford's Charge Station Pro, a bi-directional home charger, which costs $1,310, and it is included with the extended range F-150. But you'll also need to integrate your home using Ford's home integration system through its installation partner, Sunrun. So wait, on top of the $1,300 charger, you need an additional thing to get the Ford Charge Station Pro to work? Yes, correct. We have now learned from Matthew Stover, Ford's Director of Charging and Energy Services, that the home integration system is required to truly take advantage of two-way power flow of the F-150 Lightning. This system consists of an inverter, transfer switch, and a battery, and will be sold through Sunrun for $3,895, with installation costs dependent on your personal home setup. When the power goes out, the system automatically disconnects from the utility line and switches over to Ford Intelligent Backup Power so that the truck can send power to your house. Hang on. <laughs> if I want to be able to plug in our Ford F-150 into the house bi-directionally, I'm going to need to buy this $3,900 inverter transfer switch battery box and pay Sunrun to install it? Yeah, I'm kind of bummed too because I thought that Ford's Charge Station Pro already did this, but... 
look at it this way. If you bought a Tesla Powerwall to get battery backup during a blackout, you'd be spending over $11,000 on the Powerwall and only getting about 14 kilowatt hours of battery compared to almost 10 times that with the Ford F-150 Lightning battery. So this costs way less and you get way more. I don't know. I think that I think this is an interesting choice that people are going to have uh, to where they say, OK, um, what am I what do I want to spend my money on? Um, do I need this? I feel it's a little bait and switch because they told you about the truck. Right. And they said, we'll even throw in the charger if you get the extended range and battery. Went, oh, great. Because right. then we're going to be able to just put that on there and, and have I, the bi-directional And charging. I ordered the truck the other day right. thinking that was my complete cost. And now I'm learning that I got to spend $3,800 more plus installation, which I don't know what that'll be. Right. So we're talk probably talking at least five grand. Right. And so, yeah, that's a little bait and switchy to me. So the other question that I have is how well is this going to integrate with a, a home's solar system on the roof? Because um, what's the most interesting to me about like Tesla's power walls, um, and we've experienced this, is that we've gone like a week uh, of, of blackout when we had a a windstorm that knocked down like half the trees in town mm -hmm. um, and all the power lines were down, we had power. Right. And you might be like, well, of course, you had a battery, but we had the solar charging it up every day. Right. And so every day, you know, you at night, you'd start to dip in terms of the energy in the battery. And then in the morning, you'd start to charge up those batteries with the solar. So could you be doing the same thing with this? I think that's why they partnered with Sunrun. I think Sunrun is going to say, hey, and while we're doing that, let's put some panels on the roof, which is uh, great. It is great because, again, if you give a guy an electric truck, he's gonna want some solar panels to go with it. So Tesla shared this short video last week of Cybertruck driving around the Giga Texas construction site delivering ice cream to workers. It's fairly a cute video. Um, we got people throwing ice cream, but uh, I wanna talk about the truck. Mm -hmm. I don't see any new features on this truck. Yeah, I mean, this appears to just be the Cybertruck prototype that we've seen before. I mean, I don't even see any windshield wiper on here. So I think this is just a fun Tesla short. You know, it's good marketing material, though. It's good promotional stuff because they put it out on, you know, Instagram and all of the social social and media YouTube shorts. And then that gets shared with a whole lot of people. And they go, what, what is that, that truck? Because let's face it, you and I might know what the cyber truck is. A lot of people have no clue. They haven't even seen it before um, or they don't think that it's real. So seeing it in a real place and then they're going what the heck is this and what's what's tesla all about i think it's really smart for tesla to do this yeah and if you want to talk about cybertruck head on over to our sponsors the cybertruck owners club there you're going to find the latest cybertruck news i mean this community is great about talking about every little detail of what mm -hmm. people have figured out from pictures and video so head on over there they even have a reservation tracker so you can find out where your place is in line there's discussions and community for cybertruck enthusiasts and future owners so over on our now let's review youtube channel we don't just review e-bikes and e scooters we also review e-snowmobiles i don't think they're called e-snowmobiles well what would you call them they're snowmobiles and they're fully electric so you're talking about the review that ethan and steven did of the taiga motors nomad electric snowmobile this is the first production electric snowmobile in the world might i add yeah, Ethan was able to snag a day out on the snowy hills of Vermont for him and Steven to go check out the new Taiga Nomad electric snowmobile. And we've got their full review up as we speak on Now Let's Review. Steven and Ethan know a lot about snowmobiles because they grew up riding them. So they bring you the whole rundown on what they like and what they don't. If you are even a bit curious about electric snowmobiles, you owe it to yourself to check out this video. They've got some great footage to boot. So that's over on our Now Let's Review channel, the sister channel to Now You Know. So Lucid Motors, which you can now buy stock in uh, over on NASDAQ, uh, they reported their Q1 2022 deliveries and earnings last week. So what's the short of it? 
$57.7 million in revenue from 360 Lucid Air deliveries in the quarter. Yeah, Lucid says they're on track to deliver 12 to 14,000 vehicles in total this year. Lucid has $5.4 billion in cash, which they said should fund operations well into 2023. And they have 30,000 customer reservations, along with a recent deal signed with the Saudi government, which, by the way, are big investors in Lucid, for up to 100,000 Lucid vehicles over the next 10 years. The other big news from Lucid are new price increases set to take place on June 1st on all three air trims. Yeah, this is for new buyers only. If you've already placed your order, you're going to get these prices. Um, but the new prices are from ten dollars to $15,000 more. Ooh, okay. Um, so... I mean, it's nice that they told us. Yeah. I think, is this the first company that told us that they were going to be I think they might have learned something from Rivian uh -huh. to not retroactively <laughs> change the price and piss everybody off. Yeah. Um, and also by giving a date, you'd also increase demand. In Q2. In Q2, right. which is what you want. Yeah. And I don't really blame them. I mean, uh, Peter Rawlinson, the CEO, said, look, you know, prices have gone up since 2020 when we announced these prices. Mm -hmm. So that's the hard part about announcing prices is that things change. Right. And I think that this is much better handled than how Rivian did it. I think that the other way to do it is that if you're already producing cars, the way that Tesla did it was pretty smart, where they just slowly turned up the heat and everyone went like, is the Model 3 getting more expensive in here? And while we're talking about Q1 reports, let's check in on Nikola Corporation, shall we? Ah, uh, yes. One of our favorite companies that was founded by a charlatan. Um, so where is Trevor Milton, by the way? Oh, Trev? He's still awaiting trial on three counts of criminal fraud charges. He dropped his appeal last month for a venue change to Phoenix, Arizona, so the trial will still be held in New York. The tentative date is set for July 18th. Milton is out on $100 million bail. Nicola paid a $125 million fine to the SEC and says it will try to get reimbursed from Milton for that. Good luck. Uh, Milton has sold a lot of his Nikola stock to cover his bail and attorney fees and now holds about 11% stake in the company. The new CEO, Mark Russell, who succeeded Milton back in June of 2020, now holds about the same 11.7% ownership in the company. So now let's get into the Q1 report. How is the new and hopefully more honest Nikola doing? Well, Nikola produced the final 10 pre-series Trey BEV trucks. These are used for R&D and demos. In late March, they began producing the actual truck at their plant in Coolidge, Arizona. And CEO Mark Russell said, we look forward to scaling production and delivering 300 to 500 production vehicles to customers this year. Nikola claims to now have 510 inquiries for the Trey BEVs to date. So I guess if most of these inquiries turn into sales, then the idea is that Nikola would be sold out for the rest of 2022. Right. That always sounds good as an earnings report bullet point. And as far as the financials go, they had a gross profit of $431,000 for the quarter. Profit. Don't get too excited. That's gross profit. After you take out operational expenses, they showed a net loss of over $152 million for the quarter. Okay. And Nikola announced that they selected their first hydrogen dispensing station in Ontario Interstate 10. But isn't the Trey BEV a fully electric semi-truck? Yes. Here are the specs for the Trey BEV. It's a short-haul battery electric truck with a range of up to 350 miles. It has a 753 kilowatt hour battery pack and 120 minute charge time at 240 kilowatts charging speed. So I just want to stop there for a second. Ginormous battery pack, uh -huh. pretty limited charging speed. So, okay, right, right, right. but then why are they building a hydrogen station? Oh, well, those are for Nikola's Trey FCEV truck. 
which is coming in 2023. It's a hydrogen-powered cab over truck with up to 500 miles of range and a 20-minute refueling time because you're using hydrogen as opposed to electricity. Still has electric motors and all that, but it uses a hydrogen fuel cell. Okay, got it? I, sure. For the past several years, Tesla has been compensating some employees with extra quarter-end bonuses of 25% in either their choice of cash or stock options. Stock, please. And that is, of course, if Tesla met certain sales and delivery quotas. And some would argue that it worked, since Tesla has now had seven quarters in a row of record-breaking deliveries. But now, according to Electrek, Tesla is doing away with the bonuses and instead is raising employee base salaries by 12.5%. For most employees who are getting their bonuses, this will be a reduction in pay. Now, this appears to signal that Tesla either no longer cares to make such a big push at the end of quarters or needs to. I don't get the distinction. Well, previously, Tesla called for an all hands on deck approach at the end of each quarter, right? With all of their available employees, even volunteers to not only make last minute sales, but also to help get cars out the door into customers' hands. This is because for many quarters, as you can see from this quarterly delivery chart from Hypercharts, they were down to the wire in terms of beating the previous quarter. Tesla really wanted to keep impressing Wall Street to keep their stock price as high as possible. But my guess is that going forward, Tesla not only won't need to do this because they'll be producing so many cars and demand is so high, but also won't care about beating delivery numbers every quarter. I mean, it's exhausting, it's expensive, and it wears people out. Yeah, I mean, and we've been saying this for couple of years now, at least, where we're like, why are you doing these end of quarter pushes? You're mm -hmm. just stressing out your employees. Right. You're slowing down business. I mean, sometimes we were talking to someone at Tesla and then they would disappear for like a week and a half and we'd be like, uh, hello. And then they'd come back and they'd be like, oh, sorry, end of quarter push, all hands on deck. And right. we're like, you're not in the sales division. You're <laughs> right. not you don't even like work. Like, what were you doing? Right. Um, but it's because that was Tesla's strategy. I do think that it paid off. So for all the whining and complaining that we did, I mean, I think that they could have done this maybe a year ago after a couple record pa quarters. Paid off how? You're still going to sell the same number of cars. It just it falls into a different quarter maybe. Yeah, but I mean, maybe it was important to get them in some earlier quarter. I don't know. I think that it's I don't know. I, I think a lot of mistakes are made when you're frenetically running around trying to push these things. There's higher costs. Mm. There's delivery mistakes. I mean, we've heard countless stories of problems during mm -hmm. delivery. And I'd rather have a nice, slow and steady approach, in my opinion, than these frenetic, you know, quick, get in a car. And then, oh, I've got a scratch. I've got this. I've got this problem. Right. I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of that. All right. So, I mean, I'm really glad that they moved to this new uh, system. I know that it does mean a pay cut for employees, but it's really only a pay cut if they were going to continue to hit some kind of quotas and but that became expected is what I think a lot of them are feeling. Exactly. It's like if, if you get that bonus every quarter for two years, you kind of count on it. And now even if your base salary goes up, you're like, but that's not the same as the bonus I was going to get. Yeah. But I mean, how was Tesla going to continue to hit no, they some couldn't. kind of quotas? No, they couldn't. And I just don't think it would have been fair if like one quarter. Oh, no, you don't get the bonus. You'd have mm -hmm. been like, oh. Right. Oh, no. You know, right. especially with it being 25 percent. I think that just having a more stable career where you know that you're going to get paid 12.5 percent more every quarter is going to be better than like, you know, oh, we all have to push. Hmm. I think it's so much it's going to just be so much better. I think that we're going to see Tesla improve over the next few quarters as things kind of settle down. I agree. So let's turn to some SpaceX news. CNBC reports that according to U.S. fish and wildlife documents that they obtained through the Freedom of Information Act, the number of piping plovers, this endangered bird species that you're seeing here, 
are declining at SpaceX's Starbase site in Boca Chica, Texas, and they say it is correlated to SpaceX's activity there. The FAA is ultimately responsible for deciding whether SpaceX can get the green light for continued expansion and launches of Starship at Starbase. In September of last year, SpaceX filed for a permit with the FAA to build a new launch pad, a new landing pad, power plant, natural gas processing facilities, and water infrastructure, including deluge systems and retention ponds used for cooling the launch pad there. So what do you think is going to happen? Well, it appears from reading the fish and wildlife documents and some feedback from people like Jared Margolis, who's the senior attorney with the Center for Biological Diversity, that SpaceX can make some concessions like shuttling employees and limiting construction in sensitive areas and basically donating some relatively small amounts of money to conservation groups. Now, there are a few other endangered species that live nearby, like several species of sea turtle, other species like the red knot, the jaragundi, and the ocelot. One thing that SpaceX is doing right now is they are expanding their solar farm. So currently it's about 5.4 acres of solar, and now they're adding another 1.7 acres of solar panels and adding more Tesla power packs. So they're doubling their existing 3.8 megawatt power packs to 8 megawatts of storage. Interesting to note that in 2020, SpaceX bought about 4 million dollars worth of energy systems and parts from Tesla. And last year, they spent about $2.8 million on Tesla stuff. So I think from reading these documents that SpaceX is going to get the go ahead, at least on this part of the process. I don't think there's anything too hard for them to navigate. It sounds like it's all doable. So do you remember that $1.2 trillion infrastructure investment and jobs act that was passed last year? Yeah. I mean, didn't it have a bunch of money for EVs? Yep. It had $7.5 billion for electric school buses, another $7.5 billion for EV charging stations. And now the Department of Energy announced last week they received funding of $3.1 billion to, quote, make more batteries and components in America, bolster domestic supply chains, create good paying jobs and help lower costs for families. The infrastructure investments will support the creation of new retrofitted and expanded commercial facilities, as well as manufacturing demonstrations and battery recycling. Cycling. DOE is also announcing a separate $60 million to support second life applications for batteries once used to power EVs, as well as new processes for recycling materials back into the battery supply chain. Well, this sounds really good. Right. But how does all that money turn into batteries and battery recycling? Um, I'm guessing grants and loans. Yes, mainly. I mean, people and companies can go to this DOE website and search for, say, batteries and then apply for grants. But I mean, isn't that what you want? If I, if I was I, like, hey, I want to start a battery recycling company or a Second Life battery recycling company, I'm going to call it Second Life. Um, yes. And I go to the DOE and I'd say money, please. And then I would say, oh, great. I have money to start my operations. Yes, but I think that you've already got companies doing a lot of this. And I don't know if they're going to be able to get the monies easily. Like, for instance, if you're Tesla or you're Redwood, um, are you going to go get a grant? I mean, I guess you could. Yeah, why not? Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, I go on there. Like, there's a lot of grants. A lot of the deadlines are coming up, though. End of this month. Oh, all right. Yeah, so you got to write your original draft. Time and, to uh, start your start writing the draft. I'm grants. gonna take. I'm gonna buy a bunch of used Teslas and plug them all in and turn them into a <laughs> give me a check power station uh, business. Right. Okay. I, I think that's what's gonna happen. I guess what I'm a little concerned about is uh, someone in the DOE is gonna have to be like. Sure. Sounds good. Here's your check. <laughs> and I just I don't know if they know if you're spending the money correctly. Like, I think we're going to find out years later that a lot of that money was like, so what would you do with that money? Oh, it went to Bob and he uh, his company didn't do well. Like but they're in the Department of Energy. You think that they wouldn't know about uh, energy and batteries and solar and mm, really? Mm. <laughs> but it's the Department of Energy. 
Hey, if you want to share this story with your friends and family, but you don't want to share the entire hour-long episode, go to our Now You Know Clips channel where we chopped it up into little bite-sized clips for you to share. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. And uh, this week, I I goofed. I forgot my Henson shaver, and I had to use my my old one. Wait, you're on a trip? I was, uh, I just forgot it here, because I usually shave here when I'm oh. about to do the show. Oh, that's right, you were up in Maine or something. Yeah, so I shaved with my old razor, and I immediately got a zit right on my face. Oh, sorry, dude. Right there. Ow. So, uh, so science at least. <laughs> it's one data point. Uh, yeah, my Henson razor is so awesome. It's it's really reduced the amount of skin irritation that I get, um, and that has led to me having a happier, healthier face, and yeah. being a more confident person. <laughs> you know, Father's Day is coming up. I'm not saying for me because obviously I'm no, not going mean, to need it, but there's other fathers out there that do shave. And I know that, and I have read our demographics, so I know that the <laughs> people buying the presents are not currently in the room so if you want to you could just turn up turn up the volume a little bit we mean the person they're not in the if you're looking for a great father's day present head over to hensonshaving.com and if you use the code now you know you can get a hundred free blades perfect that should probably do it All right, come on down, folks, to SpaceX. We're having a moving sale. You can now get your rocket moved from the East Coast to the West Coast for free. That's right. You heard me correct. For free. What are you talking about? I was trying to get hired by SpaceX to do their ads. Um, SpaceX just relocated a secret government rocket launch, NROL-85, for the National Reconnaissance Office from where it was originally scheduled to launch from, which was Cape Canaveral, Florida, all the way across the country to Vandenberg Space Force Base in California. And it didn't charge the U.S. government anything extra to do it. Okay, so first off, why did the mission have to be moved? Well, we don't know why for sure, because this is a top secret mission. But basically, 12 months before the launch, the government needed to change the orbit. And Vandenberg was the right location on Earth to get the payload, probably like a maritime reconnaissance satellite there. Okay, so 12 months is a long time. I mean, what's the big deal? Well, actually, this was the first time that the NRO has done a range change at the 12 month mark. Uh, This would have been hugely expensive because these missions are typically planned two years in advance. And SpaceX had already started what's called integration work at the Cape. You have to plan these things months and months and months in advance. And so uh, changing it even 12 months before is actually seen as like last minute. So how was SpaceX able to do it for free? So SpaceX asked if they could reuse a booster being used in February and then reuse it again for the NROL 85 mission two months later in April. Mission manager Major Jonathan Scherner said, by using a reuse booster, we were able to move coasts and we didn't have to spend a dollar to do it. He said under most circumstances, the government would have had to pay the contractor for the integration work that had already been done. So I think that when we talk about benefits for a reuse booster, we're talking about taxpayer savings on one end, but specifically on this mission, we were able to get a priority of the director of the NRO done while spending zero taxpayer dollars to do it. So because SpaceX has all these rockets everywhere, it's not really that as as big a deal to like, oh, you want to launch it from over there? Yeah, we've got rockets over there. Right. We'll just put it on one of those rockets. Yeah. You don't have to like... You want to move it over there, but we we built the whole launch pad here, and well, we're gonna to have to move everything. Oh, we're gonna to have to move everything. Yeah, this is gonna take years. Yeah, and I think the NRO they basically had to inspect the rocket, and uh, they were happy with it. And uh, yeah, mostly because I think, it's been launched a bunch of times. I know it's actually a lot of people are saying they'd rather go up on a used rocket because it's a proven rocket. Yeah. All right, it's time for Going Green, and we're brought to you by EcoWare. Now, Father's Day is coming on June 19th. Now is the time to order something special and fun for your dad on EcoWare. Use the promo code I love dad 
to get 10% off your order. So over 100 designs are up there. So many products from t-shirts to hats to mugs to phone cases to pet apparel. And we carbon offset your entire purchase from the production, shipping, life cycle, and we plant multiple trees for every order. And we help cap methane spewing abandoned oil wells with the Well Done Foundation. So make your purchase carbon negative and start positive conversations today with carbon negative products at EcoWare. So Electrify America, the high-speed EV charging network company in the U.S. formed with VW Dieselgate settlement money. Right, the company that wouldn't exist unless VW had gotten caught poisoning unsuspecting people with cheat devices on their diesel engine cars. Right, that's the one. Anyway, Electrify America, with its 800 U.S. charging locations, well, they just published this report last week showing that they saw a 5x increase in the number of charging sessions in 2021 compared with 2020. 1.45 million charging sessions in 2021, compared to only 268,000 in 2020. That's 41.4 gigawatt hours delivered in 2021 for 145 million electric miles of driving. That's a savings of 5.7 million gallons of gasoline in 2021 alone. Now, so for comparison, Tesla's supercharger network currently has 1,344 U.S. locations. Electrify America says that they plan to have another 1,000 locations with a total of 10,000 connectors by the end of 2025. Now, I was looking for comparable Tesla supercharger data. So I went looking all over, spent like half an hour going down rabbit holes, and I couldn't find accurate, up-to-date information about number of charging sessions, number of you know gallons of gasoline saved, And I'm like, first of all, why? Um, And then I was like, oh, because Tesla doesn't have a PR department. And that's the kind of stuff their department would do. You know, it's funny. I remember back in 2016, we went to the Fremont factory in California. um, And in there, they had a, a screen. That was a live map of all of the Tesla superchargers in the world. Mm-hmm. And you could see which stalls were currently charging mm-hmm. cars. And it told you the number of uh, gallons of gas. Oh, you they've know, got the offset. data. It told you the the amount of CO2 offset. It, t- it told you all of this cool data. And it was cycling through all of the superchargers. And I mean, maybe it was fake, but I don't think it was fake. No, it was real. It I've was seen real. it. In, I've not just seen it in Fremont. I've seen it when we went to Sweden. Like some service centers have that uh, screen up. because. I just is that does somebody know? Is that a website yeah, somebody's that I can go know. to? Because I, please put it down below or email it to hello at now you know channel.com because I feel like an idiot for not being able to find it. I searched and searched, but I just kept coming up with the wrong stuff. Yeah. So if anyone can find this, please uh get it to us so that way we can further disseminate it so that way people can like I don't know, it is cool to just have up on a screen. Yeah, and it's gonna be way bigger numbers than Electrify America. All right, it's time for sunspots. So put this date down in the record books, folks. April 30th, 2022. That is the day that California, the fifth largest economy in the world. That's right. California has a bigger economy than the UK. That is the day that California ran entirely 100% on 100% clean energy. And it isn't just us claiming it. This is data coming directly from California Independent System Operator, or Casio, data directly from California's electrical grid. Now, did it run clean all day? No, this was just for a 15 minute period where basically two thirds of the 18,000 megawatts needed came from the sun and the rest came from wind, geothermal and other renewable sources. But the last time California got this close was in 2020 when it hit 81 percent clean energy. As Environment California State Director Laura Dean said, California has just shown that for one brief and shining moment, we could do it. 
Now we need to get our state running on 100% clean energy for the whole day, the whole week, and the whole year. It's time to move to 100% clean energy 100% of the time. And yeah, when people say to us constantly, well, Zach and Jesse, solar and wind and batteries just aren't going to cut it for you know everything. We're still going to need fossil fuels. It's like, if you can do it for 15 minutes, why can't you do it for an hour? Oh, but it's only because of 15 minutes it was really sunny out or something like that. <laughs> it's like, you're building more. Like, when, when we hit 80%, it was like, well, 80%, man, it's like all you can do. <laughs> now it's 100%. Well, it's only for 15 minutes. And in then, fact, when it, then it, it was like, oh, it's, it was only for three months, man. In fact, it was more than 100% because California exported power for that time to other states. Yes. Hey, and if you want to run 100% solar on your house, Talk to our friends at Energy Pal because I'm sure you got a lot of questions about how to do it and where's you know who the best people are to work with. They are the energy experts who are going to help you go solar and battery for less. Tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you. The link is down below. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. And remember to send those stories into hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Make sure they're two minutes or less. Shoot them in landscape. Have some really good audio. Don't put any music on there. And maybe you'll get your story on the air. Who do we got this week, Jess? Ed sent us this video of his new solar carport. Let's check it out. Hey, Zach and Jesse, Ed Dyer here. I wanted to show off my solar carport. The structure is from Solar Foundations, which I saw earlier on your show a year or so ago. And the solar panels are from Nova Solar Inc. who worked with Solar Foundations to get the carport set up and to install the panels on top. I don't have an EV yet, but I do have a line run to it so we can put up an EV charger if and when we do go EV. And in the meantime, it's just providing us 10 kilowatts of power for our house, which is a geodesic dome. The shape of our roof does not allow for a standard panel installation, but you can see a few panels I have there for a battery backup in the house. The app allows me to, from my phone, see what my current production rate is, as well as the historical rate for this month or past months. It's pretty cool. Now you know. Back to you, Zach and Jesse. Yeah, so I mean, um, he has 100 panels that trickle feed a 3 kilowatt battery backup. It's a 10 kilowatt system. Um, I'm just like, wow, good for you. This is so smart. You can do this in a lot of places. Yeah, and I mean, I would argue it looks pretty darn good. Too. Yeah, and it does two things. I mean, three things, actually. He's in Boulder, so it snows. So it's going to keep the snow off your car, the sun off your car, and it's going to power your car. Pretty awesome. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. And uh, we've got a bunch of cool stories. We've got uh, Tesla revealing their battery supply chain list. Ooh. We've got a vehicle that Jesse has not even seen yet, which he is going to flip over. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be talking about Fisker. So, uh, and that, a lot more. That and more. Head over to patreon.com slash now you know. You can support us for as little as a buck a month. You can support us for more than that. There's really cool perks that we have over on Patreon. Um, but basically, any perk level you select, you're going to get access to our Patreon bonus stories. We'll see you over there and we'll be right back. All right, we're back from our Patreon bonus Ooh. stories. We also got an Investment Club bonus story on there. Yes. Uh, now it's time for our Patreon shout-outs. These are the people that make this show possible. Who do we got, Jess? Jason C. Theo Kalitz. Craig Cogburn. Garrett Lordahl. Kara Zaffirano. Dan Shu, Jordan Siegel. Montana or Bust CC. Pam Oler. Ralph Gingery. Wilfred Van Valkenburg. Gary Vitaliano. Jordan Colthard. Tom Dolby. Mark Hidden. David Sheehan. Reflect Real Estate. Roderick Johnston. Jerry Mendez. Robert Goodwin, Nuno Oliveira, Bart Bore, Ray Pater, and Dan Fitzgerald. Thank you so much for supporting this channel. We can't do it without you. 
All right, it's time for our Patreon poll. And we asked, what do you think about having to buy the Ford F-150 Lightning extra thing? The inverter. To make it be bi-directional. Yes. What do people think? Uh, here are the results. All right, it's time for Community Mail Time. Community Mail Time. And remember, if you want to send in your stories or photos or whatever, I mean, you are the eyes and ears of our community. You are out there in the real world. So if you're paying close attention, you may spot things that nobody else sees. So send those stories in to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Let's see what we got this week, Jess. Justin spotted this Model 3 with a unique wrap outside of a business in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. That is unique. One of our viewers visited the UK recently and spotted this Tesco electric delivery truck. They also saw an electric boat on the River Thames, uh, an i3 electric police car in London, of course, the BYD electric double-decker buses in London. And they reported seeing a lot of these Siemens Level 2 EV chargers around London. They said there's like 5,000 of them. They wow. cost about 27 pence per kilowatt hour, cheaper than the approximate $9 a gallon for gasoline that it currently costs in the UK. Our buddy Fred shared these photos and video of Starship. That's not Starship. Well, these autonomous delivery robots are actually from a company called Starship. So you're right. These aren't the SpaceX variety of Starship. But maybe someday these will drive out of Starship and deliver stuff on Mars. Did you order a pizza from Earth, Martians? <laughs> Ryan spotted these R1Ts in Lee's Summit, Missouri. Denny and Katie sent us this picture of their Model 3 on the beach near Boca Chica, Texas. Travel tip, they said. South Padre has one two-stall supercharger on the island, but is part of a resort and a gated property. Many hotels on the island have destination chargers that are free to use. Otherwise, the nearest supercharger is on the mainland in Brownsville. Plan accordingly. Yeah, you wouldn't want to get there and think you could use it if you can't. Larry sent us this picture of a Model X with a camper he spotted at the Henrietta, Texas supercharger next to a dead dinosaur. And look at the price of gas. And that's not even that high. No, it's I've seen I've seen five dollars. I've seen six dollars for diesel. Oh, I've seen seven. <laughs> York sent us this picture of his long range Model 3, the TLC. Uh, just before its four year anniversary, they reached 100,000 miles. Travels included Utah, California, Oregon, Washington, Nevada, Idaho, Montana, Colorado, Arizona, Navajo Nation, Hopi Indian Reservation, Utah, and Ori Reservation, as well as the top of Mount Evans, Colorado, 14,265 feet of elevation, just to name a few. And they said, we're loving every minute of it. Thank you, York. C says, saw the VW Buzz Camper at the UK Fully Charged show over the weekend. Looks way cooler in person and much closer to the concept than I thought it would be. So much interest in it. Massive cue to check it out. I mean, in the pictures, it doesn't look like the concept to me, but. You know, I, I remember that the Model 3 didn't look the same in person as mm. it does in pictures, so it could be that. Andre sent us this picture of a Renault Zoe as a Uber taxi in Bucharest, Romania. He says he spotted another Zoe as a local police car, but he didn't manage to take a photo of it. Thank you, Andre. Charles spotted this in Stinson Beach. Hey, Zach and Jesse. Um, over here, Stinson Beach, California. And uh, I was taking a little walk and came across something. So I found some Rivian destination. What are they called? The, uh, you know, their adventure charging network. So here, I've actually got two chargers. All right? So, I mean, they're right about the destination stuff because they're the travel adventure network, whatever they want to call it. Um, this is a beautiful spot. And looks like we've got a Tesla plugged in. All right. Well, now you know. Yeah, so um, again, some more Rivian Adventure Chargers, but these are just level two chargers, um, and they're north of San Francisco. Here's a map of where they are. But I feel like they're already close enough to charging and close enough to the city. I know. I, I want to see them. I want to see high power chargers, Rivian. And I want to see them in, in the middle of nowhere. Right. That's where they belong. 
Pamela and Johan sent us this wrapped Model 3 they spotted in British Columbia, Canada. And it is time for supercharger reviews. So uh, before we get to that, let's get to a beautiful supercharger. Check this out. Phil sent us this drone video of people base jumping off a bridge near a supercharger in Twin Falls, Idaho. Remember, we were there at that that supercharger. We charged there back in 2016 with Sparky on the road trip. We should have brought our parachute. I know, right? (laughs) Because you can do this. I don't, I, mean, I don't think I'd want to hike back up the canyon. That would be the... That's true. I mean, there's probably a car waiting for you, but uh, the chute has to open really fast. That's what base jumping is all about. Oh, my God. I, I mean... I don't recommend you do it. I'm not going to do it. I will not do it. You can be sure of that. All right. So uh, let's see what we got for superchargers out in the world. Hello, world again. This is Holger from Austria. I'm here at Mühldorf Supercharger. It has 12 stalls, it's uh, not far from the highway, uh, and you can buy something in this pulling machine, and eat in the restaurant when it's open, and you have some uh, tank, uh, tankies to watch, if you want. So, I give this uh, 8 out of 10. Now you know. Hi, Zach and Jesse. Coming to you from Fatima, Portugal. Uh, this is one of Portugal's uh, premier and most uh, popular tourist destinations. We are here on a 14-stall uh, supercharger with dual connectors, um, different standards for different model years. As I said, this is a 14-stall. We currently have a few cars are charging. Uh, not as busy today. Last week was very, very busy. When we came here during lunch hour, many people come off the highway um, leave the car here charging, walk 5-10 minutes to the many restaurants and boutiques uh, down the street either for eating or, you know, or um, uh, shopping. Uh, however, right here in the back there, there is a restaurant and there's a hotel with bathrooms and uh, food, snacks, anything you might want. I would rate this uh, six out of se- uh, 6 out of 10, maybe a 7 out of 10 as it does have a lot of, it is one of the most uh, popular attractions. Um, now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse, this is Steve Fauche over here at Ardmore, Oklahoma. Just wanted to report on this Tesla supercharger. We have six of them here, um, level two. Um, it's basically in a parking lot next to this building here. And we also have a restaurant over here that was shut down due to a fire, but it's uh, apparently open again. We have a Freddy's across the street, uh, great ice cream, but basically not much else. It is close to the highway. It's just right off of uh, 35. And unfortunately, this can get busy as it's the only supercharger between Oklahoma City and Dallas. But uh, so I would rate this about a, I'd give it a six out of 10. Thank you. Hey, Zach and Jesse, here we are at the new 16 stall, 250 uh, watt supercharging location in Kyle, Texas, 20 miles south of Austin, Texas. Wonderful location here across the street. They've got a huge HEB, which is the best uh, food store in Texas. This is right by Five Guys. Around the corner from Five Guys, there's a bunch of different places all sorts of amenities across the way here you got a panda express and more and more superchargers easy to get to not too much in the way of people and so now you know 
Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. If you want to see the map and upload your own Supercharger Reviews, you can head over to our website, nowyouknowchannel.com. I have a challenge. How about a video of you base jumping into a Supercharger? Don't do that. Don't do uh, that. Don't? Don't. Please That'd be don't. Fun. No, 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 no. Don't. Don't do that. It's probably illegal anyway. Um, let's talk about the new Superchargers in the world. we got the 12 stall in Cottonwood, California. Number 25 in Nevada is the 9 stall in Las Vegas at East Sahara Avenue. Number 50 in Virginia is the 8 stall at Colonial Heights in Virginia. Can you believe Virginia has 50 Superchargers? It's pretty good. Number 275 in California, the 12 stall in San Diego at Truxton Road. Number 40 in North Carolina. That's a lot for mm. North Carolina. The 8 stall in Benson, North Carolina. And number 9 in Louisiana is the 8 stall in Iowa, Louisiana. Don't confuse it. It's not in Iowa. It's in Louisiana. All right. It's time for the Patreon comment of the week. And David said, I don't have full self-driving beta, so I can't comment on how stressful it is versus manual driving. Remember, we just did that video in Boston yeah. of you driving and being driven. But we just finished driving 3,600 miles on a road trip and used driver assist, including navigate on autopilot. And I was much more relaxed after a day of driving than I would have been with my ice car. Having the car work flawlessly in traffic, changing lanes and maintaining distance took much stress out of the driving. I expect future versions of FSD will do the same for cross-town trips. So David brings up an interesting point that I think it's confusing for a lot of people and one that we haven't really made clear in a while. Mm -hmm. Autopilot is a driver assist platform for highway driving that does auto steer, auto lane changes, and traffic-aware cruise control. It can even take highway exits. And I completely agree with David. It is amazing. It's just, it's underrated. Yeah. It's awesome. Full self-driving beta is currently a driver assist platform that drives on city streets and roads and it's also put out by tesla so the right. same company that does autopilot does full self-driving beta and you have to be part of the fsd beta program which only about a hundred thousand people are at the moment yes. now it's learning how to be a level three four or five autonomous system and because it's beta when we use it as beta testers I think we kind of have a different role or at least i think we do i am pretending when i test fsd beta that i'm not driving Okay, so I still am driving and I'm obviously alert and I'm ready to take over, but I try to act like, what would happen if I weren't here? Mm. That's so that we can see how the system is working and show it to you. And that is what makes it stressful. So David is completely right. If you use autopilot on the highway, it's going to be awesome. You're going to be able to drive more hours in the day and it'll take stress off your brain. There's no micro decisions. Right. But FSD beta is different. It is firstly not ready yet. Well, and and it, it's stressful. It really depends also on what roads you're testing it on. Right. We decided to stress test it in right. Boston um, because that is, you know, it for where we live, it's kind of the closest, most stressful place to drive besides maybe Lowell, although I would argue more stressful than even Lowell. But there are plenty of other places that we've tested it where it has been, I would say, just about as normal, stressful as, as driving around. Right. And also, I want to talk about the stress test. Why did we do the stress test? Well, some people were saying, like, I would be super relaxed. I wanted to prove to you that at least I am not super relaxed when I'm when I'm testing out full self-driving beta. But um, stress is a good thing because it heightens your levels of stress in your body. And you might be and saying, awareness. that's not good for you. If in the distant past, the saber-toothed tiger jumped out in front of you and you were like, oh, cool, <laughs> man. It's like a saber-toothed tiger. Do you know what? You'd be dead. You'd be dead. And th those people, those ancient humans who died because they didn't get stressed out as soon as they saw a tiger, they didn't pass on their genes. And what we are left with is the people who do get stressed out <laughs> when, when stuff happens. <laughs> Jesse, you and I, we have the fight or flight response. Right. 
And that is a super important thing. It's really good that I was stressed out during the full self-driving beta test because I needed to be. Right. And I just I don't want people to get confused. They are two different systems yes. and they do two different things yes. and they're at two different levels of readiness. And so but it it's is a really good point, Dave, right. because I think it's hard to separate the two. And so when when a lot of people are saying full self-driving beta sucks. They might not be talking about how if you buy a Tesla today, they all come standard with autopilot. And for the highway, autopilot's amazing. Um, so really good point, David. I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah. Hey, and as we wrap up the show today, I just want to remind everybody Father's Day is coming up. It'll be here before you know it. And we are here to help you with a special promo code on EcoWare. You can save an extra 10% by using the code I love dad. Get your dad something special for EcoWare, one of 100 cool designs available uh, as a T-shirt and other apparel like sweatshirts and hats. So many cool products like mugs, phone cases, towels, pillows, pet tank tops, pet bowls, pet bandana collars, and even shower curtains. EcoWare has so many cool gifts like flip-flops and stickers, masks, bags, backpacks, laptop cases. You're going to find a bunch of awesome gifts on EcoWare. So remember to use our code ILOVEDAD. Save even more for Father's Day. And just... Thank you again to everyone who supports the show. You're seeing their names go by right here. Mm -hmm. If you want to become a Patreon, head on over to patreon.com slash now you know. For as little as a buck a month, you're going to get to join the party. We have Patreon bonus stories every week that no one else gets to partake in mm -hmm. but you guys. We have so many other cool perks over there, like our investor club, mm -hmm. where people are making money That's true. and telling us every week. It really pumps me up when we get an email from someone who's like, I just bought my car, Zach and Jesse, and it was free. <laughs> Right. And you're like, how is it free? Because I bought Tesla stock or yeah. I bought this and that stock and I sold it and I was able to buy a car. Yeah. And it's like, oh, awesome. Or people who retired years early. Yeah. Like, wow. It's really nice. It really is nice. Yeah. So be a part of that community because that's a lot of fun. We hang out with them every week with our Investor Club bonus stories and such. Also our Slack channel just for them. So yeah, join us on Patreon. It helps support the show. It makes what we do possible because, I mean, what we're approaching 300 shows in a row. And it's not easy. Every week every week it's not easy i can't believe that we've done it it's one of those things that i'm probably gonna look back on and be like wow. we were crazy well, we were kind of crazy but also it's just like wow we, I, I can do something if i set my mind to it so i really appreciate everyone helping to support that because i'll be honest it's not just us doing it it's no. it's all of our patrons it's all of you watching um and it's it's also our sponsors i mean we can't it all has to work right. uh, in order for this content to get out because you just you can't make a one hour news show every week without um, a bunch of people putting a lot of time and effort into it. Um, and, and that doesn't all happen for free. Have you ever watched the credits on like a one hour TV program, like, say, 60 Minutes? And it's just credits after credits after yeah. credits. The reason we're running these credits is because you all make the show possible. Right. But, I mean, we're a pretty small team. We're about as cost effective as you can get, you know three editors a producer and us and that's about it yeah but it, it does take a lot and i appreciate it but we'll see you next time now you know at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea innovation and partnership we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread 
with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O.